Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Robert, we're still on uh, pilgrimage with the Order of Malta. We are. Lourdes, France. And Deacon Jeff, we just had Mass with 20,000 people and probably, what, 400 priests, would you say, that were there celebrating uh, it, that it, Mass? It was a, maybe it was about 300. I mean, don't overestimate. It was a lot. It was a lot more than I'm used to. Right, yeah. we had we had uh, I think I counted about eighteen bishops. Had a couple of cardinals wandering around. It was it was it was quite impressive. And that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? And there were fifteen yeah. lowly deacons yeah. there to. Uh, <laughs> we were quite busy afterwards uh, purifying vessels and whatnot. It was it was it was really a beautiful thing. And then all the malads gathered around. That mass is so beautiful. It's an international mass, and all of the order uh, and all the people in Lourdes come together on that. That Mass is just quite beautiful, quite beautiful. Well, we uh, have a wonderful guest here today. In fact, it's interesting. Uh, we have a Bishop Martin Holly, who is the Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. And actually, the Bishop over, that oversees the Catholic Cafe. That's exactly right. His name is mentioned at the end of each one of our shows. Um, Your Excellency, welcome to the Catholic Cafe. We're so excited to have you here. Uh, thank you. It's, it's uh, great to be here with you, Tim well, Jeff it's, and, it's, uh, with Robert. It's interesting that, uh, you know, we, we uh, you're relatively new to the to the diocese of memphis we welcome you we're so happy it's interesting that we'd have to fly like three thousand miles to be able to do a show <laughs> with, with our Wait, bishop. It's, it's a captive audience here in lords so yeah but, but we thank yeah. you for taking time out of your busy pilgrimage schedule yeah. to to be with us and we have spent uh we have several episodes we've already recorded here uh it's such a beautiful time to be on pilgrimage and yeah. also to be um just here in a place that is so associated with with our blessed mother that's right. It was exciting for me to be here for the first time in Malta, you know. Uh, my whole life is uh, is wrapped around Our Lady in terms of that spirituality, mm. Marian spirituality. I grew up with that. And growing up in a large family of 14 children, I grew up at Our Lady of Fatima Catholic Church right across the street from where I live, you know. That's beautiful. And and yeah. and for those who didn't hear, he said family of 14 children. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah those are the days, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's, uh, that's quite beautiful. You know, like here's Deacon Jeff. Yeah, well, one of the things, you know, we just we had quite a few uh, processions here. We had one yesterday. Mm-hmm. We had one, to, you know, this morning. We're down to the grotto. I remember, you know, growing up as a, as a young boy, that was very important for me to mm. be a part of the you know processions with you all know, the you know all the flags and all the countries marching in yeah. and all the priests vested yeah. and chanting it really it's a moving experience it is now you were you were raised in in that context but I know your family wasn't originally Catholic. How That's did all right. that work? Well, I think it was really through the Marian uh, devotion that my parents had. Because oh, really? way back in the 50s, it was that push for evangelization. So priests and nuns were invited to the South, and uh, good people who gave money to establish parishes established Our Lady of Fatima Parish right in my neighborhood and also the school. And so it was just common for us, you know, to go to the Catholic Mass. My family would go to Catholic Mass, and they'd go to their Baptist uh, church. And then one day I asked my mother, and she said, uh, she said to her, my father, said, you know, we have to settle on one spiritual home. You had to pick one. And that was Our Lady of Fatima Catholic Church. She says, our children are already in the school, and, you know, we go to Mass 
and we like what we're doing. So uh, they settled there at uh, Our Lady of Fatima. Now School. they certainly just didn't randomly mm-hmm. pick one. I think you, you, in hindsight, might be able to look back and see that Our Lady was was calling. Oh, them. providential! My mother's name is Mary Elizabeth. Yeah, she's <laughs> named to the Blessed Mother, <laughs> <and her> cousin. <laughs> you know, by Protestant parents. You know, this is absolutely incredible. My father's name was Sylvester, but this here we had nine people. You know, seven siblings, and my mother and father were brought into the church by uh, Father Martin Jung, a German-American priest, Mm -hmm. who had a Marian devotion himself. Were you named after him, Excellency? I was named after him, yeah, and named after uh, Father David. The Sisters of Charity from Convent Station uh, were named, they named, rather, I should say, a lot of my siblings, you know, they suggested saints names you know that is awesome. and these were these were non-catholic people you know that when my parents would have children they suggest names for them you know so i think it was god's divine providence really yeah, that is so good that, yeah. that's one thing i wish we would do to more today catholics used to name their children after saints i think yeah. people have lost the sense yeah. of why that's important yeah. i mean really the communion of saints we call that into play in our daily lives when we name our children yeah that's right like yeah. to give them a patron or a patroness well so that they could live by that example of their lives you know and they could you know examine their life and so the qualities of their life and try to live a holy life you know by the example of that particular saint and so all of my siblings were named, you know, after saint, and I was named after two priests, you know. And of course, Martin is a saint, and David is a, you know, is a saint right. as well. Yeah. So you know. now, the timing of your parents' um, ultimate conversion and, and finding themselves at home uh, in the Catholic Church. Now, yeah. where were you in the process of that? Well, my mother was being baptized in the church, and she was six months pregnant and i was there there you were <laughs> yeah when they poured the water you know see i wonder if this is so you're you're so tuned in to that yeah. uh, pro-life movement oh, right yeah. because because you right. you were alive and well oh yeah right? i was you were human being. i was kicking around yeah. <laughs> that is awesome that is awesome and i just think i think of this you know that the, the visitation of the blessed mother mary uh and also the blessed mother mary to elizabeth mm. and how that visitation happened and John just was leaping in yeah. the wombs of Elizabeth, you know. And so I think during that time, the water is being poured. She's been consecrated with the chrism. You know, I was there. I was a part of that, you know. So I say I got, I got a double blessing, if you will. Oh, that's awesome. I'm sure the priest said, how is it that the mother of my bishop yeah. would, would come to me? <laughs> no, maybe he didn't say that. But I just think that's a beautiful story. So you yeah. really were... You, you, you had a conversion experience, yeah. and you didn't even know it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the Blessed Mother did. Uh, oh, I, I undoubtedly. You know, because my whole life is filled with that Marian spirituality, because we, we had the crownings of the Blessed Mother Mary. You know, we prayed the rosary. All of our lives was with Marian devotion. It's just really important. The and whole family? Neat. Was it your whole family? The Excellent. whole family. Yeah, it was just absolutely incredible. And I remember being one of the ones to carry the crown, you mm. know, to what uh, an honor. Crown. Oh, yeah. Did you have like a little pillow or oh, something like that? Because that's yeah, really neat sure when they did. Do that. You know, and the girls would do the crowning at right. the time. Now, we know we just had the visitation of the statue of Our Lady of Fatima 
uh, in our diocese. In the diocese of Memphis, and I was right. over at St. Mary's in Jackson. So I got to crown our Blessed Mother Mary oh, for the first time. Right. I said, this is really it a special It just took moment. 60 or so years. <laughs> but you got to do it. <laughs> I did. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's important maybe for us to just spend a minute and talk mm-hmm. about just how important those, well, how impressionable you were as a child mm-hmm. and how important those very Catholic things mm-hmm how they help to form you and how maybe parents today sort of miss the gift that is in our faith of those outward signs of all this, all this grace that's poured upon us to be able to, to do these things, the devotionals, the sacramentals, uh, the, the, all of the different traditions that we have. And we miss those. And sometimes the kids miss their formation in that way. Well, you know, we have the sacraments of the church, you know, and most oftentimes we think of reconciliation, you know, because we all go to confession and then obviously the, the, of the Holy Eucharist, mm-hmm. you know, so we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, you know, every Sunday or every day. But it's those sacramentals which are very important in the mm-hmm. life of the church. The rosary, you know, you think of that, you know, the rosary is really a meditation on the life and death and resurrection mm-hmm. of the Lord, you know. And those are special moments where we focus in and we really meditate. You know, the joyful, the sorrowful, the glorious. And now we have the luminous luminous, mysteries of the church. Exactly. Thank you, uh, Pope St. John Paul II, for gifting the church with that. And and such a beautiful image. Uh, We always know that the Blessed Mother... Where does she lead us? She always leads us to, to Christ. Christ. Yeah. That's right. And that's yeah. so beautiful. But it's nice that we give her uh, doing a rosary. Essentially, I like to I teach the kids that it's like it's like giving your mother flowers right. and giving her a bouquet of roses uh, to say to say a rosary uh, is a beautiful thing to give to our mother. Well, you think in our in our Catholic tradition, for instance, uh, when I'm talking to people, I say, you know, you honor your mother. Mm. You know, uh, you have a picture of your mother right. in your wallet or your father, but especially your mother. You always carry that with you. Who doesn't have a picture, you know, of their mother right. with them, you know? And you honor that person. You honor their memory. So we have pictures. We have statues. We honor, you know, the Blessed Mother Mary because she's the mother of Jesus Christ, you know? And we revere, you know, and glorify Almighty God. She always points to her son, Jesus Christ. Do whatever he tells you. Mm. You know, that's what she says. And I would mm. imagine that maybe the theology and understanding of how Mary plays such a beautiful role in our own salvation, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you didn't know that right off the bat, right, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a young boy. But, but mm-hmm. it's, you still were introduced to her. And then, and then she would in, in embrace you right, even then. And that right. love is really what maybe drew you in right. to a relationship. Well, you know, when you're growing up, and Robert, I'm sure you can you can say, do you have children, you know? I do, and yeah. I'm sure you, you know, drawing pictures of our Blessed Mother Mary, mm-hmm. you know, or being able to see pictures of other saints. You know, here you have a child in a large family, mm-hmm. and all of us are learning the same thing. So you get help from your older siblings, you know? Well, and we, you learn how to pray. Exactly. Know? And we do, like in our family, each of our child, children, like we said, was named after a saint. We mm-hmm. celebrate their saints' feast days. Right. And then what we do with the rosary is we pray it every day. Mm-hmm. But I found with small children, we can't pray the full decade, the full rosary. So we pray two decades every night religiously, every mm-hmm. single night, two decades of the rosary. Right. And by doing it, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. It settles the kids down. Mm-hmm. And so just having little traditions like that where you tie... To the the church, you know, I think is so important. 
and to have those sacramentals because you know a lot of a lot of people don't do that anymore. Right. And you know you go into a house and you can't tell the person's Catholic. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sadness there. We've had folks over, and we've done the same thing, especially during Lent. We like to do something as a family, especially like that. And rosary is such a beautiful thing to do if to, to, to add that into a Lenten experience. And we'd come over, and there'd be little kids that would come over, and some, the ones who were Catholic, sometimes they, they wouldn't know those basic prayers. prayers. And again, that's a, again, I hope that's not a, a condition we're all going to experience more in the church. Well, well, you think about it. I mean, you think about the Hail Mary, the Our Father, you know, the Glory Be in terms of the rosary. Those are prayers that are repeated over and over again. You don't have to be Catholic to remember those prayers. We've introduced it to some non-Catholic kids. You know, what did y'all do over at the Drzezimski's house? I prayed this uh, Hail Mary. It's like, what? But it it introduces, again, our our lady to, because she loves everyone. That's right. All the children. Well, for instance, if someone would ask, you know, would you pray for me? You Mm. know, and of course, you want to pray for someone. Sure. So even though we cannot see that person present with us now, you know, she is with us in a spiritual way. So who would not pray, you know, asking someone to intercede? That's what she does. She Mm. wants to help. That's her role is to be an intercessor, you know. So if I ask you to pray for me, if I ask Robert to pray for me, you know, that's what Our Lady right. does. She intercedes, you know, to our Lord for our behalf. Now, we may not get what we want, right. but we always will get what we need. That's know? what a mother does. Yeah. That's right. She knows what we need. And that's yeah. so beautiful. We're talking to Martin David Holly. Yeah, <laughs> Let's get all those saints yeah. in there. Yeah. Make sure we cover those priests that that's were so right. instrumental in your, your early childhood. Martin, um, Martin Jung was a was a priest yes. and David Becker was a priest. They were both German American priests and I said, you know, I got the best of the best That's in terms of both names and then became awesome. a priest. Well they're, they're 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 remembered today in your <laughs> ministry in your yeah. in your presence here. Yeah. So uh, we're talking to the Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Uh, we're gonna continue this conversation with his excellency, but before we do that I want to remind folks at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com and with that We'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Many non-Catholics who visit a Catholic church to attend a funeral or wedding are curious about some of the gestures made by the faithful during worship, including crossing themselves and genuflecting. One of the distinctive marks of the Catholic and Orthodox Christians is the practice of making the sign of the cross. This gesture, which often begins and ends prayers, is made by tracing a cross on the body by touching the forehead, lower chest, and both shoulders, while saying, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thus, each Catholic prayer begins and ends by invoking the Most Blessed Trinity, and reminds the faithful that they are indelibly marked with the cross of the crucified Christ. This sign also makes each spoken prayer liturgical, in that the whole body is used in the act of worship. Making the sign of the cross is one of the most ancient Christian gestures, which is well known and referenced by early church fathers. Writing in the second century, Tertullian explains that in all our travels and movements, in bathing, working, and eating, Christians must mark their foreheads with the sign of the cross. 
Another early church father, St. Cyril of Jerusalem, exhorts the faithful that they should not be ashamed of Christ crucified, and the cross should be our seal, made with our fingers on our brow in the various events of our day-to-day life. Genuflecting, or the act of kneeling on one or two knees and then rising again, is an ancient act showing respect and devotion to royalty or any superior and recognition of that person's authority. Since the Middle Ages, the faithful have genuflected in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament in recognition of the reality that hidden in the tabernacle under the guise of bread is Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Customarily, Catholics genuflect both when entering the presence of the Blessed Sacrament and upon leaving its presence. In the Eastern Christian churches, usually this respect is shown by a profound bow rather than by kneeling. Both the sign of the cross and genuflection are liturgical acts of prayer and worship, reminding the faithful that they are indelibly marked with the sign of the cross and that the true King of the universe deserving of worship lies hidden in the tabernacle of every Catholic church. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Robert Hutton, and we're with Bishop Martin Holly, uh, the Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee, and we're so excited to have him here. We're in, on pilgrimage together in Lourdes, France, far away from our home oh. diocese, but uh, we, we bring them with us in prayer. That's yeah, right, so it's absolutely. beautiful. I'm, and Bishop Holly, I, I think it's, it's really neat when I hear your story about uh, as a sort of an early, you're certainly... Catholic, but you were a, you were a convert, you know, by proxy with your mother being in utero, and how neat that is. But certainly, it doesn't necessarily mean that every child in that situation is going to grow up and be a priest yeah, or grow up yeah. and be a bishop. Mm-hmm. So, I guess maybe some people might be interested in like what what is what is it that drew you to the priesthood first and foremost? What is it that called you to be at service uh, in the church? I think the first thing is a love for Almighty God. And a love for his people, a love for the saints, and obviously a love for his mother Mary. Yeah. You know, how can you not grow up with a love of our blessed mother Mary, who was the mother of the first priest, Jesus Christ? Mm. You know, and so with that love and that devotion, you know, to her, you know, I just felt that it was just a natural thing to want to serve the Lord as her son mm. served all of humanity. I knew that I wanted to be a priest when I was in the first grade. Wow. I would watch the priest, you know, and I would watch him and I would practice being a priest when I was a preteen, you know. Wow. And Did so you do that, Jeff? Yeah. No, I wanted to be an astronaut. I, oh. you know. But that didn't pan out. But the priesthood obviously yeah. did for you. You, yeah. you had that sort of concrete uh, sort of, I don't say vision or prophecy, but really you had that, that inner sense that you were directed, called to the priesthood. That yeah, is beautiful. Yeah. It was just something that was just natural for me. I watched the priest. I watched his gestures. I listened to the words. I would mimic him, mm. you know. And like I said, being in this parish, having a mother named Mary Elizabeth, having a devotion to Our Lady, 
I think that was at the core of how I really became a priest. So you, you know, think that, I felt that, that she our really, lady? I really felt that she, you know, she really was interceding for me throughout my whole life, you know. Wow. And so I made that decision to follow the Lord. And I say every priest, I think, if they if they would just turn their lives over to her, you know, and consecrate themselves. I consecrated myself even when I became a bishop. I consecrated myself. Mm. I consecrated everything that I would be doing to her because it is through her to him that we truly know the love of Almighty God. I remember on the day there was a press conference uh, uh, there at the Catholic Center. There are chancery offices, and I remember uh, standing in the back as our new bishop uh, strode like, in. Yeah, you know, and, and mm-hmm. but I remember us uh, all praying the Hail Mary. Right. I remember you mm-hmm. sort of. Well, consecrating the diocese, your ministry right, to right. to our mother, and I also remember the look on the uh, our, our our friendly media's faces as we're, we're praying the Hail Mary here. <laughs> That's right. I just thought that was beautiful because she, she right. again she's the mother of all. Right? Well, you know, it started. You know, I worked for the first uh, bishop of the diocese, Pensacola, Tallahassee, mm-hmm. Bishop Renee Grisita, and it was during that experience that I had gone on a crucio, and on that crucio it was a whole bunch of men. And one of the things that we did, we prayed a lot, you know, but we prayed the rosary every single day. We had exposition before the Blessed Sacrament. And it was on that experience that I knew Mm. that the vocation I had when I was a little boy was there even now. And it was through that experience, after going on that weekend, after praying with those men, it just solidified my, my vocation. And I uh, said to the bishop, I want to go into the seminary. And so I went to Catholic University in Washington, D.C., and started there. And then I did my last two years you know, at uh, the seminary of St. Vincent de Paul Regional Seminary in Boynton Beach. I was ordained your, to the priesthood. How did your uh, parents respond and your family members? To well, this? my father was deceased. Okay. And uh, I, I have an uh, interesting story to tell because I had an aunt who was non-Catholic, and she would always come over to visit on Sundays, and she would ask my my father before she left, she left with her husband. They didn't have any children. Said, "Well, you know, who do you have in here amongst all the kids? They put all the kids to bed." And he would say, "Maybe I have a lawyer, a doctor, or a priest." And she would always tell me, "Sure enough, in that room with all those boys, you know, you had a priest, and that was me." You know, and this wow. is coming from a non-Catholic. You this know? is Isn't incredible how, how God works yeah. in, in our lives, and yeah. we and see it all. Would, she would remind me of that all the time. That's beautiful. Yeah, I would go visit her. Well, they like to know when they're right. They like to let you yeah. know that they know. You know, that's exactly. beautiful. That's a beautiful story, yeah. uh, and that's so wonderful. Now, so your your vocation is, is a um, it's obviously worked out, but now here you are as a as a bishop of a diocese, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people are concerned about not having enough priests, and I, yeah. I, I love that you've talked to uh, like at the confirmation masses right. that you're doing and and you always address the situation of a priest shortage what what is it you tell people well what i usually say with that is that you know in theory it is a shortage you know in in the sense that we don't have enough priests but it really is not a shortage of priests i mean the priests are sitting in the pews next to their mother and father you know I mean, I think of, you know, Robert, you know, you have four children, you got two boys. And I think, you know, that's a priest sitting right next to his father right there, you know. And it's just it's just mentioning that my job is to mention, you know, that 
priests are sitting in the pews with their parents. And God is calling them. Mm. You know, right now, he's calling them. Now, it takes development. You know, someone has to water and nurture, you know, and cultivate that, you know. But it is a lack of sometimes people responding to that call. If only we could have your, your aunt... Yeah. Is she is she deceased? She's deceased. Yeah. Now. So God rest yeah. her soul. But if only right. we could have her come and point out yeah. the priest and say that one right there, he's right. going to be a priest. Well, that's what That'd I do. Helpful. That's what I do now. I, I walk around <laughs> the young people in terms of confirmation, and I said, I say to them, I said, you know, there are priests sitting in these pews, in these pews right now, mm. and as I'm speaking, you know who you are, and I know who you are. Now it's left up to you to respond to Almighty God through His Mother Mary. And I always point to our Blessed Mother Mary, you know. And she's what, there. Ask her yeah. to help you pray, you know, and she will intercede for you. And what is say. your message to, to the parents of those children right now? What do, you, what do you say to them about vocations and that call? I encourage them to pray with their, their children, you know, to nurture and encourage that. And many do, you know. Many see that it's important for them to, you know, say, uh, you know, offer their child up, you know, uh, for vocation of priesthood. Or religious life, you know, right. and so that is so important. I think I think a lot of parents are just a little reluctant to talk about it. Yeah, and so we, we need to uh, prayerfully ask them to consider hearing a call themselves in terms of calling the fostering yeah. vocations in their own family. Yeah. Well, I think the rosary again mm. is a rote prayer, but it's a very important prayer. It's a communal prayer, you know, where as you're praying that, focusing in on the mysteries of the rosary. And also on the fact that Our Lady is interceding. She's taking all those requests right to her son. And what son will not do what That's right. one's mother wants them to do? Amen. Now, I've got a couple of kids that sometimes disobey their mother, but that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> right? That We experience that in life. Yeah. But you're exactly right. When there's such yeah. a... A prayerful call, mm-hmm. um, and 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 sometimes we're reluctant to answer. And yet, if we just soften our hearts, if we allow God just to to, yeah. to break down or tear down all the obstacles and move the thing out of the right. way, that we can see more clearly. Maybe as you did in the first grade. Yeah. Well, I think that's what she helps us to do. You know, she helps us to clarify. You know what. God is calling us to, you know, and that's what mothers do. That's you know? so beautiful. And your excellence, we thank you so much for talking about this. To tell us a few of those little tidbits about your story. And I'll tell you, um, Bishop Holly, we'll say this since we're on the air and how much we appreciate. We love you as our bishop. We're thank so you. happy to have you in Memphis. We'll continue to pray for you, certainly. Thank you. Uh, and then we thank you for your support of our, our ministry in the Catholic Cafe. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll always hold the banner of truth and, and uh, right. joy yeah. uh, high uh, for the world to see. But we thank you for being here. It's especially here in Lourdes, and the beautiful stories about uh, our Blessed Mother in your life are so profound. Sure. Thank Thank you you for being with us. And if you would offer our listeners a blessing. Absolutely. I tell you what, the greatest blessing that we could have right now is actually to pray, you know, uh, say the the, the Hail Mary. Let's do that. How do we do that? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full Full of of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Descend upon you, remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about the Catholic Cafe, 
Listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta, Federal Association, and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. Thank you.